juvenile crime has, it would appear, to have taken over. We knew it was bad, but we had no idea it was going to get this bad. Yesterday, five teenagers were arrested as police continued to investigate the stabbing death of a 70-year-old grandmother at an Ipswich shopping centre. Three 16-year-old boys and one 15-year-old boy were arrested in Ipswich on Monday and are currently assisting police with their inquiries. And these arrests are in addition to the arrest of a 15-year-old Ripley boy on Sunday night. His father turned him in, took him to a police station. He has been charged with one count of unlawful use of a motor vehicle in relation to an alleged stolen car, which police said belonged to the stabbing victim, Vileen White. Miss White was stabbed in the chest during this dreadful, violent robbery. Made even worse because it was done in front of her six-year-old granddaughter. It happened at Red Bank Plains Shopping Centre. As we all know, police were called to the centre car park around 6.30pm Saturday in response to reports of a serious assault. Friends are rallying behind the family of Ms White and the family are now heartened by the support shown by their local community. Detective Acting Superintendent Heath McQueen said last night Ms White had been grocery shopping and was near her car when the random attack took place. There's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of anger and senselessness as to what's happened. Locals are in shock. Australia is in shock. Senator Pauline Hanson, Queensland Senator, joins me now. Uh, You may have seen her on the news overnight. She doesn't know what to do about this juvenile crime rate. Do we lock people up? Pauline Hanson, Senator Hanson, has said, like me and like many people, that juvenile crime will continue to escalate because there are no consequences. Well, that's the way it seems. Are magistrates too soft? Are the laws that are in place, do they need toughening up? Just what is the answer? Senator Pauline Hanson joins me now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Luke. Well, you and I have discussed this many times, the juvenile crime wave that is not just sweeping through Queensland. It's a national issue, Senator, isn't it? It's a national issue. But here we have the most dreadful, dreadful situation. We're on the weekend. A grandmother is stabbed in a shopping centre, Nipswich, west of Brisbane, and in front of her six-year-old granddaughter, Senator, and she dies. Um, what? Where are we going wrong? What is happening? What are your thoughts, please? Oh, Luke, I'm, I'm absolutely devastated. It really upsets me so much because... 
you know, this woman and, and I were the same age. And if I thought that it would have happened to me with my grandchild there, how devastating it is in a country like Australia. And it frustrates me to no end. And I said this years ago in election, they keep saying the same old rhetoric. We're going to change this. We're going to clean up crime. They can't get enough police to save in the police force. They're leaving in droves. They don't have the support from their high, higher up echelons. They don't have the answers. We have weak um, magistrates in their court system who give them a slap over the wrist. People are locking themselves in their own homes. You know, there was another incident I was told about up in Townsville right. where five cars pulled up with juveniles, dumped out of the car. They actually then raided the house through windows and doors. The husband was telling us, and then the wife was home by herself, locked herself in the bathroom while they ransacked the house for five minutes and took whatever they wanted to. It's horrifying. It, it is horrifying, and yet we don't seem to be able to deal with it. And the police are left absolutely, you know, the police had a gutful too. They said, we go after it, we do all the paperwork, we round up these kids, we put them through the whole system. And it's like they walk out of, out of the courts with a great big smile on their face and because they know they're untouchable. And yet they want to reduce, well, they want to increase the age of criminality to 14. You know what? Then they're going to get more involved um, in these real criminals getting the youth to do the dirty work for them because they can't face criminal charges. The whole thing has become absolutely ridiculous and until we get um, politicians that have got the backbone to actually drive the police and the court system to clean up our streets and bring it, make it safe for the people of this country. Senator, is it, is it just the politicians, I mean, are the magistrates doing their bit too? A lot of the magistrates are. The problem is, we've, in Queensland, we've only got 306 detention beds for kids. So the fact is that there is no room. It costs nearly half a million dollars a year to keep a child in detention. The thing is that I've heard from a lot of these organisations that the kids commit the crimes just to get into the detention centres because it's far better than being on the streets or in their own homes. Really? Because they come, yes, because they come from dysfunctional homes. Sexual abuse, alcohol abuse, um, the parents aren't there. We've lost control in our classrooms. Teachers cannot also control their children. A teacher was telling me the other day on the plane, she said, we haven't been briefed or we don't know how to deal with unruly kids in the classroom because mm. we're not told how to deal with it. Mm. She said, I'm lucky I had a mentor at school who pulled me aside to try and tell me. But they need to be taught how to deal with unruly kids in the classrooms. When I went to school and when you went to school, I, I was terrified of the teachers because you got into real trouble. And But if if you were rude or insolent, uh, wait till your parents found out. I mean, our parents and, and, and the teachers and the local constabulary kept us in line. We were terrified to, to do that. I, I mean, I, what, what these kids are doing today, breaking into houses, stealing cars and this terrible, terrible stabbing in Brisbane on the weekend, yeah. I, 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 I scratched my head, Senator. I think, what country am I living in? It is, and a lot of people feel that way. Look, there's no um, fear of punishment anymore. There is too many do-gooders out there, and um, I just feel that parents who have got a lot to blame for this because when their kids are pulled up at school, they go up there and say, my little Johnny wouldn't do that. Their kid is the, is the best kid in the mm. world. They don't realise. Parents need to actually be objective with this and have an open mind and start 
back in authority, back your police, back your teacher and people of authority. And the politicians have taken authority out of the parents' hands to be able to deal with their children because it's abuse. Well, I tell you what, a good spanking didn't hurt us or mum used to throw us out in the backyard and throw a potato or, or tomato at us and say, you know, <laughs> go and, um, you know, start behaving yourself. Seven children. The wooden spoon. You know I mean? God, the wooden spoon. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, we, and, and we got the cane. I don't know if the cane at school worked, but you were terrified of your teachers. Um, I don't know if we want to go back to corporal punishment. I don't think we ever, ever will. I don't think we'll ever go back there. I don't think we ever will go back there, but there has to be respect for authority, and that's what's happening. A lot of kids don't have respect for their own parents, let alone for police or teachers, because they've been told their rights, but with rights comes responsibilities, and there are rules to be abided by. Like my grandchild comes up here. He doesn't set a foot out of place, but I tell you what, every time he's in here... No, he wouldn't. Every time he comes up, he says, love you, Grandma, love you, Grandma, and he loves spending time with me. So kids do need boundaries. I've had Correct. I've had child, child psychologists say kids actually do need boundaries. Senator Pauline Hanson's with us. We're talking about this crime wave. And look, it's not just Queensland. It is throughout Australia, but it's been punctuated by this dreadful, dreadful stabbing of this grandmother in, uh, in, in, uh, in Brisbane on the weekend at uh, that shopping centre. Senator, I've often said on air that the reason these kids keep doing it is because there's no consequences. What consequences are you suggesting? I mean, do we want to lock kids up? Um, get them out of the detention centres. They clearly don't work. As I said, these detention centres, they have computer games, they have, you know, pinball machines, or they have, you know, everything that's, that, that they don't have at home. So therefore they tell their mates, the mates commit a crime, so anyway they're in detention centres. I like to see these programs. There's one called up around Meribah, it's called Hard Yakka, and they actually have to go and live there on the premises. It's like a military drill for them. There are, there are rules, there are um, orders. And I went and saw the graduation of these kids after two weeks and their parents are so proud of them. These kids had changed. They knew about respect then and they were taught that and uh, there's another one up North Queensland it was to be back to country and uh, take them out out in the country where they sleep in a swag they have to do their hard work they're not given the luxuries of life so these kids I'd like to deal with it in these ways and uh, these kids have to be taught about um, respect and responsibility and take responsibility for their own actions. Uh, Senator Hanson last week we were talking about this without having any idea this dreadful event was going to unfold in Brisbane on the weekend. But uh, there were suggestions that maybe repeat offenders need to... It's a form of conscription where they join the army, but it's a junior version of the army run by maybe retired army personnel who know a little bit about discipline. What are your thoughts on that? In my maiden speech in 1996, I called for a civil uh, civil service, okay, so that they do about 12 months in it. After they finish year 12, that everyone does, compulsory does the service. It's gone too far beyond that. I spoke to the ministers and the military about this, and they said, listen, we're not there to be babysitters for these people because times have changed. You will not be able to control them. They will corrupt those ones that want to be in there. They said, we can't, won't be able to control them. If, you, if they don't want to be there, it's more headache for us than what it's worth. Mm. I think it's past that to actually do that. Mm. Um, I'd like to see if you're going to start something, start it in the educational system before they go to high school. 
like you know just um like they used to have the scouts or something like that mm. so they have to do a program that gives them some interest the kid the trouble with is kids are not playing enough sport like they used to yeah. they're not enough they're before um violent computer games they're on their phones all the time computer games tv and all the rest of it and this is the the side of that we have at the moment is the violence that is shown. You know, this crime that happened on the weekend and the alleged Africans that were involved in this. And as I said to you, Luke, I've said for years and years, and people called me racist, we have to be mindful of the people that we bring to this country, that they are compatible with our culture, our way of life, and that they actually understand our rules of law. Mm. And yep. we can't bring people in that it's all right to go and stab someone on their own streets or, or to try of and course not. Of course you're it right. It doesn't happen here in this country. But that's not all. I'm not saying that about all Africans or anything like that. No. You know, we have some great citizens here. And what I understand is the father turned the child in. Congratulations to the father because he's trying to do the best by his child. And yep. when he found out, yep. he did the right thing. Last thing, Senator Hanson. Oh, no, it's not. Second last thing. You tell me when you've got to go. We talked yesterday about sport, kids getting involved in sport. And uh, recent research shows that kids that are involved in sport actually do better at school academically. So it's a win-win. But I've got calls coming through to me, and you can imagine that the cost of enrolling your child in sport and weekend sport is astronomical. And they're they're saying we just can't afford it. You've got three kids who want to play basketball. It's it's $1,800. Um, should junior sport be subsidised? The trouble with all this is the insurance cost to these sporting venues and um, for them to actually take up the insurance and the cost involved with it. When I went to school, we I was involved in everything. I learnt tennis, I played softball, I played basketball, I did gymnastics. I went to the um, local um, youth club and uh, I know I did a lot there. People need to seek out some of these youth clubs as well and get the kids involved in that. To keep the kids active is the best thing in the world for them. Take them to some, you know, swimming classes, go to the local pool. But it costs money, but it costs money. Uh, To that extent, $1,800, it is a lot of money. But then again, how many of these parents have bought their kids a mobile phone? How many parents have bought their kids a computer? How many have bought these PlayStations? So really... You get your priorities right with the parents. I know money's limited. And, yes, some of these sporting venues, but because the cost that, that's gone up for them, um, yes, it is. Maybe it's something that maybe state governments can actually start looking at possibly subsidising this. But parents, I'd suggest don't buy your kids the designer clothes or shoes or whatever they want or designer haircuts, get your priorities right. And sport is the best thing for kids to get involved in. Senator Hanson, thank you so much. Quickly, um, Peter Dutton and the Shadow Cabinet last night will have made their decision by later today as to whether or not to support the Anthony Albanese adjustment to the Stage 3 tax cuts. They're on a hiding to nothing if they knock it back. I think they'll go with it. Uh, You have already declared you'll pass it in the the Senate. Look, the fact is that we passed that. It was my vote that actually passed the stage three tax cuts years ago. And the thing is that, you know, the majority of the Australians are going to get the tax cuts. Why would I go back on my word when I passed it at the time? It's just that people on the high incomes aren't going to get it. And i tell you what, I'm one of them. And I'm not happy about it, that I'm not going to get my full tax cuts. 
I'll, I'll tell you that people say, oh, well, she's on a good wage anyway. But consider it from a person who used none of the services. I don't use childcare. Mm-hmm. I'm taxed higher. Public transport. Yeah, I'm, I'm taxed higher in my Medicare levy, so I'm paying more tax for my Medicare, although I've got private insurance. So I'm still taxed more and more all the time. We're taxed again every time, every dollar we spend, another 10% of GST. You know, so... You know, I believe that if I actually have the balance power after the next government, I will be pushing forward for those tax cuts for all Australians, as was promised. But I won't be knocking it back. Australians are doing it tough. We've passed those tax cuts for those Australians. It's got to go through. And Peter Dutton won't. (laughs) Don't worry. They won't vote against it because it will be a political suicide if he does. Senator Pauline Hanson, always good to talk to you on the night shift. Thanks for making yourself so available to us. My pleasure, Luke. Cheers. Have a good day. Bye. Senator Pauline Hanson here on The Night Shift around Australia on the Triple M Network. The Night Shift around Australia on the Triple M Network. The Night Shift.